Hi, I'm Brenda. And I'm Elaine. We're sisters. Welcome to the Body Wealth Podcast, a space for conversations about the wealth that really matters, your best health. Osteoporosis is a disease characterized by low bone density, which can lead to fragile bones that break more easily. It is considered a silent disease because there are no symptoms. So knowing your risk and taking action to mitigate that risk is essential. Today, we are talking to Bridget Rue Collins, who was diagnosed with osteoporosis in her mid-50s with recommendations from her doctors, her own research, and knowledge of herself. Bridget is making choices for her health and happiness. Here we go. Hi, Bridget. Thank you so much. Hey, Hey, ladies. Hello. It's great to see you. And we're so glad that you agreed to do our podcast. But before we get just started, why don't you tell us how you're doing today? Oh, I'm actually doing great. Just got back from a walk. And I'll tell you guys about my new walk uh, in a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. I can't wait to hear it. We've known each other since we were in Mocha Moms when our children were toddlers, but yes. I'm so happy that we've remained friends all these years. So I know you really well, but I would like you to just take a minute to tell our guests a few things about yourself. Okay. Okay. So I have two sons who are both grown young men. I'm still having a hard time saying that, but they're <laughs> both men. And I am a software engineer. That is my profession. I am still working, thinking about the next phase, but still working. And so as a software engineer, pretty much sitting on my butt all day, not moving a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to say yeah. about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have addressed that in your daily life as well, as much as you can. Yes. But thank you again for being here. We're excited to talk to you a little bit about osteoporosis today. And that is really not considered something that Black women have to worry about generally. So how did you come to find out that you were affected by this? So it, I look back at my records and it appears that when I turned 52, which I think was right around when I started menopause, my doctor decided to get a bone density test. And I guess she was probably thinking about doing kind of a benchmarking kind of thing. And and right then out of the box, she found that I already had osteopenia, which is, I guess, like the precursor to osteoporosis. And when they do these bone density tests, they're measuring your spine, the lower part of your spine and your your hips, your left hip and your right hip and the, the the joint and the the bone that goes into the joint. That's those are the things they're measuring, and so it's a couple of different measurements, but at least a few of them, I was showing osteopenia. So right then, she told me I should start taking some vitamin D and let's take this bone density test in another couple of years. And you weren't having any pain. No it was pain. Just a no. standard test. And what was the test like? Is it a scan? Oh, it's probably one of the easiest tests that I have had out of all the tests. When I think about you lay down on your back and this thing just uh, comes right over you while you're laying down, obviously you're supposed to be still and then it goes back and that's it. And I mean, it takes, I'm not exaggerating two minutes. It's really very short, not noisy women, especially white women and Asian women are more prone to having this 
And so generally they don't recommend this scan until over age 60 from what I saw. So I wonder what is it that made your doctor decide you should have the scan? Yeah, and I think I don't really know the answer to that. I definitely think it was related to me being in menopause and mm-hmm. it could have been my smaller stature. I'm, as Brenda knows, not very tall, not very, whatever. I'm just kind of a smaller person. And I mean, I guess even small bone, they have that whole concept mm-hmm. of people being small boned and maybe that was part of it, but they do say, yeah, slider frame yeah. people who have, they say early onset menopause, which 52 is not that early. Different doctors have different protocols that they follow, but it's a good thing that yours picked up on that early and went ahead and did that. How <laughs> long did it take for your body to go from the osteopenia to then learning that it had developed into the osteoporosis? So by the next time, 2017, which was three years later is when I took it again. And one of those locations, because remember I said they measure in multiple locations, Mm -hmm. was just slightly over the osteoporosis. One was a little bit better. And I was just like, what the heck? (laughs) And had you been doing in that intervening three years, had you been doing load bearing exercises and or started the vitamin D? Well, no, I didn't start the vitamin D until really the second density test showed me that, hey, you still got a little bone density. It has not gotten better, okay, Okay. on on your own little imagination, right? And so so what is load-bearing exercises? Mm -hmm. Is it just strength training? I've learned more about that. And it's basically you having weight on your body doing something like my gynecologist also said, hey, you know what? I think instead of, because I was like, I bike ride, I do this, I do that. She's like, oh, bike ride is not really load bearing. That's what she said. It's more like walking would be more load bearing than biking, which Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I don't know what I thought load bearing was, but I thought most things you're doing is bearing some kind of load. Right, my body, I'm carrying my body. (laughs) But she felt like walking was more load bearing. So I, but I had preferred biking because I have an exercise bike here because I thought it was better for cardio. I mean, there's a lot of things we're managing, right? Right. So I have decided to do less of my bike and more. In fact, I got a treadmill. I didn't even have a treadmill before. So tell us what other load bearing exercise you do other than walking on the treadmill. So great question. So let me just, before I get to that, I'm just going to say that. So I've had a third bone density test since then. And that was really just at the end of last year. And one place got a little better. One place got a little worse. And so she was like, I want you to see a rheumatologist. That's what my doctor said. I I think you need to see somebody else. So actually I just went to see the rheumatologist really just last week. And he mentioned the whole, keep doing what you're doing, just making sure you're doing your load bear. And I was like, tell me a little bit more about this load bear. And I want to hear what you think it is. And he said, well, definitely strength training, which I, I do do. But for, and I said, cause I walk. And he said, well, when you walk, you should walk with a weight, get a weighted vest or something like that. And I was like, huh, I never really thought about that. I never had thought about that. And so I haven't yet purchased a weighted vest, but I have put some weights, some of my ankle weights, I've stuck them in my backpack and I'm now walking. I'm trying to figure out what weight does even make sense because I don't want to be uncomfortable walking. I feel like I want to get my steps fit. I don't mind a little bit of weight, but I'm not going overboard. So now I got some, 
<laughs> I'm not trying so to. They pay. want you to. They want your bones to actually feel some kind of load. They want them to actually be working out your bones. That's how I can think of it in my mind. Yeah, they want to put stress on your bone, a little stress on them, but not. But then again, not too much. And that's why it's because you're petite. Because my bones keep plenty of stress. <laughs> I don't need a backpack with weights. I got one. <laughs> yeah, I did ask him. Well, why do you think I, I have low bone density? He asked me about my family history. I'm not aware of anybody with bone density issues in my, he asked me about what kind of medication, because sometimes that can impact mm -hmm. your bone density, but I'm not taking any medication. Oh, my regular doctor suggested I start taking calcium, but she said, be careful with the calcium. You don't want to take more than this amount. So figure out how much you're getting in your diet and then supplement to get to 1500, but don't go over. And that's it. I hadn't started doing that because really she just told me that in December. And, but I mentioned it to the rheumatologist this past week. And he said, tell me about what you eat, you know, and I've been trying to up my calcium and make sure I get, I don't mind milk. I like milk. So I'll drink milk. I eat yogurt, cheese and so forth. And he said, that's probably enough. Don't worry about it. He said, there's issues with taking the calcium. He said, sometimes that's not building your bones in the same way that naturally your bones get changed anyway. So he's not recommending a calcium supplement. So I'm going with that. You pick and choose who you like. So is there any medicine, any medication that they prescribe when you have osteoporosis? Yes. Or? Yes. So okay. they do treat, that's what he calls like a treatment. And he said that he felt like I'm still early enough and young enough that I didn't need treatment. And I think if I was pushing treatment, he maybe would have done right. it, but I am not a I'm not a person that likes to take any medication unless right. necessary. So I wasn't interested in doing that. And he said, you're African-American, right? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, it's not like you're Asian. I think on average, for whatever reason, African-Americans tend to have stronger bones. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I guess he felt like I'm not as much of a problem as maybe some other people would be. And I'm still young. So he felt like, Let's just do this bone density in another two years. And I think he's more feeling like, let's keep an eye on it. Well, what are the problems that osteoporosis presents for people? What are the things people worry about when they have right. osteoporosis? So I think they worry about breaking their bones. So if you fall, you might break a, a bone. And he did say breaking that's the spine thing. You're, you're in pain for a little while, but he said, but breaking hips, then you, then you need to get a hip surgery. And clearly I'm not interested in breaking any bones. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the scary part. I don't think people are concerned about pain. I think they just want to make sure that as you get older, your density doesn't get worse because when you're breaking bones, when you're at a much advanced age, then it really does bring in a lot more problems, just it, even mobility and- right. Exactly. I went to a talk last week by Dr. Sharon Malone. Do you know her? She's the OBGYN here in DC, a black woman. Mm -mm. But she said, which was chilling, she said, breaking your hip is the penultimate event in many women's lives. Yeah. And so yeah. she was saying that you think, oh, it's just like breaking my arm. But she says, there's so many sort of follow on problems that come right. from the sort of being bound by having broken a hip. Right. So yeah, right. you're right to be avoiding having to risk that. Right. Is, is your osteoporosis in your hip? Oh, what a good que question. Yes, actually it is. The right, right femoral neck. 
So that is the, the hip. Okay. So yeah. That, that's so have you, just knowing that your tests have shown that you have slight bone density issue, have you changed anything in your life? Yeah. I, you know, I have just started doing the, the weight and I'm probably going to get a weighted vest, but I kind of wanted to figure out, well, what weight did I even want to wear? So right now I've got like five pounds, like in a backpack, which feels fine. Maybe I can try 10 and just see how it goes. So I definitely think when I'm walking, why not? And it doesn't seem like a hard thing to do. And the other day, my sister wanted to go, you know, she has a younger daughter than I, than my children. And she she was like, Hey, we want to go ice skating. You want to go? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't want to (laughs) want to. And I also think I probably shouldn't because now I have a good reason to say no. (laughs) I loved ice skating and was a good ice skater, but I feel like that's something where the chances of me falling are actually pretty high. Right. I'm still going to go bike riding. I don't generally fall off my bike. I have, but I mean, that's not generally what I do, but I feel like ice skating I generally fall actually. Right. Yeah. The likelihood <laughs> has gone up about 10 times. Right. Yeah, so I chose not to do that. And I just think I'm trying to be more careful and think about more balancing, doing balance and exercises. But I, I feel like I have some pretty good balance. I do Pilates. Mm. I do the strength training. I'm, sure I'm trying to do a, some little movement really every day. Not necessarily big movement, but some kind of, you know, movement every day. Actually, some the whole pain thing, and I don't think this is related to osteoporosis at all. It's just whatever. When I'm sitting all day, and if I have sat too long and I get up after two or three hours, and it's just like, whoa, I really feel like I'm about yes. five <laughs> years old. Right. But I really noticed that if I just get up more often, I'd never get to the point where I feel achy. It's really that being stationary for a long time. And that wasn't always the case, to tell you the truth. It started happening right around, I I don't know what age, but I finally figured it out. Actually, at first, I didn't even figure it out. Why am I so sore? I know. Yeah. Why am I so achy? But I think we have to be moving. And so now I'm really trying to be more conscious about that while I'm working. So you work from home mostly. I work from home, yes. And I've been working at home for years, actually. Even before the pandemic. Pre-pandemic, which is probably people who work in the office, I think even if they're doing the same thing, they move more. They got to go get up to get lunch and go to a restaurant. Right. I think they do. Yeah. So naturally. So how do you work in getting up when you're in front of the computer at home? How do you make sure you aren't sitting in front of the computer for four hours? Yeah, it's definitely a work in progress every day. I feel like I'm like, okay, get up. And sometimes when I'm on a call, I feel like, hey, you know, somebody else is talking. I can still pay attention. Just get up while I'm talking or while they're talking, I'm listening. But I do know someone who sets a timer, actually, yeah, to remind themselves to get up because we yeah. all need to move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. Idea. You know, the, the Fitbits, I, I'm using like a Garmin device now, but that Fitbit will tell you every hour, boom. Oh, that's true. Just move. And, you know, at first you're moving, but then then you're ignoring it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a little, little tap, little tap, just move mm. a little bit. So I'm trying to be more conscious. Drink a little bit more water. Don't get a big water thing get a smaller glass, drink it, and then go get some get water. <laughs> exactly. And even if that makes you go to the bathroom more often, hey, you're also getting out of your chair. It's all win-win. Okay. But as sometimes as a software person, though, you really don't want to break the mental 
thought. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm right here in the middle of it. I can't break. And I know when I feel it, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't. Yes. So. We have both been there, right? Yes. <laughs> Three computer scientists on the call. So when do you do the exercise exercise in your day? So you said you, you move pretty much every day. When is that? That is how I start my day. So in the morning when I get up, I put on my exercise clothes and I am doing something every day. And every once in a while, you you know, you can't, you got an early meeting or early flight or early something that, but because I actually shoot for every day, if I miss a day, I'm not heartbroken at all. Now, if there's a couple of days in a row, I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to figure out how to do some more, just at least extra walking or something. But I do try to get in some exercise. And that's another thing you hear is as you get older, getting working these muscles so that you don't because we're losing muscle too. we're losing everything mm-hmm. bone density we're losing hair strength <laughs> it's terrible we're losing it all we just gotta you know I'm working on maintaining mm-hmm. well that reminds me because you were saying when you had the the two scans in the three years apart I think yes one got better one got worse so is this something that you can actually get back bone density after it's gone? They do say that you can. And I think that part of it is, is because, and I've been doing some obviously research on osteoporosis, our bones are changing all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole cycle of, we use some of the stuff in our bone and we're putting more stuff in our bones. And this is like an ongoing, like cells, like other cells Mm -hmm. in our body that are just being changed over like all we all think of our bones as sort of being fixed like this wood chair and it's it's not it's it's a living thing that's changing all the time and at some point you start depleting more than you're adding that's when your bone density goes down and I think your bone density does go down with age but I don't think osteoporosis is something that everybody's going to get to what are the things that build the bone back up I think in general that nutrition and that that weight bearing uh-huh. exercise. I think those are the combinations of things. And of course the vitamin D even helps with the calcium absorption. So you have to be really having both of those things and that's what builds it up. So later, now I know you don't have this issue, but the medication, do you know what the medication is that they prescribe for people who are advanced and need medication? And is um, that something that helps build the bones up? Yes. And one of the things that my doctor said to me was that, yes, it builds the bones back up, but it, it doesn't build them as strong as mm. I think what would occur naturally. Yeah. naturally. But I don't know a lot about the. Oh, one of the other things he said about the the, the drugs is that they're, I think they're hard to take. I, I don't know exactly um, what it means. Like, do you have to take them with a meal? Do you're taking them twice a day? There's some kind of complication around taking them, which doesn't, you know, if you have to, you have to. Yeah. No, if you don't need to. <laughs> yeah. That's great. But it sounds like sort of your interactions with the medical system, your doctors and the scan have been relatively straightforward. Is there anything in that experience that you wish had been different? I think that's a really good question. And I feel like in general, when you're dealing with doctors, they are pretty straightforward. And I wonder, and and when I'm saying straightforward, I mean, they sort of try to, to me, they deal with people in general in a similar way. Why wouldn't you be more I mean, I feel like they could be more customized. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You you mm-hmm. know you're dealing with somebody that is a couch potato. 
and then deal with that person differently than somebody who you know is is more active. I just sort of feel like they just say, oh, you just got to keep moving. And I'm like, but I'm I move not- every day. So really, I, I wonder why they don't try to not speak to people in this general way all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even the guy asking me, I'm African-American. Okay, yeah, I am. And yes, African-American bone density is better than maybe the average Asian, but I'm in here because I got a bone density issue. So why? I mean, you can talk about averages, but each of us, when we're dealing with a doctor, I feel like you should, you're dealing with an individual. And nobody is average. Not a single person on the planet is average. Right. Right. And so that is where it comes to the healthcare system. Yes. Do they have the time and training and information to customize? All of that. Right. Well, that should be the jumping off point, the average, but then you need to pull in all those other factors that are individual and hopefully get to the best place for, for right. that person in front of you. And 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 do, like you said, do they have the time? I mean, and you really, they probably don't really have the time, but they just need to figure out how they could be a little bit more custom. So when they're talking, they're not talking to us all the same, understanding yeah. where you are to get you to go to a different place. The two doctors that you go to to manage your osteoporosis are just your regular GP and a rheumatologist. Those are the primary people who care for this. So, so far it has been the regular GP. I do notice though, when I had been in my gynecologist office, they got little posters with calcium fortified foods. She was the one who actually said load bearing is more walking than riding the bike. So Mm -hmm. I feel like gynecologists sort of feel like they're managing it a little bit too. Do men get osteoporosis? Yes, yes, yes. But I definitely think it's more prevalent in women. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, And then the rheumatologist, really, I just saw that person one time. I was telling one of my girlfriends, I don't go to a rheumatologist. I saw a rheumatologist. I went to a rheumatologist. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm not going to one. (laughs) I went to one. So... He just said, let's do another bone density in two years, which, you know, my regular doctor probably was. So I've taken his advice and I'm going to add to the, I'm going to add some, like I said, the weights while I'm walking Mm -hmm. and not add the calcium. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I took from the rheumatologist. You're going to have a cheese pizza once a week. (laughs) Yes. There you go. No, I'm drinking. I mean, I'm having yogurt. I'm trying to try to have some yogurt every day. He mentioned the whole broccoli, you know, which I know is a good calcium vegetable. And anyway, kale, kale. Yes. Greens, all your greens. Yep. But that relates to some of the other health issues we all have too. Eating right. Yeah. Everything. Food is everything. (laughs) That's one of the things. Should have known it before we started a health related podcast, (laughs) One of the through lines is, well, if you eat better and exercise, lots of things get better. Well, okay, there's the the brilliant revelation, but it's really really true. So, but they say that, but do do they tell people exactly what that means well enough? And Mm -hmm. I get they say, eat more fruits and vegetables. So we all get that, but. But we don't know, because I remember the first time I went to a nutritionist, I was like, well, I eat three fruits and vegetables a day. She was like, Three. <laughs> right. She was like, you need to be eating seven or eight. I was like, seven or eight? Right. How do you do that? She's like, you have vegetables with every meal and then you have them as your snack. So yeah. even 
you know, I thought I was as was bragging right. that I ate three fruits and vegetables a day. And that wasn't even the minimum standard it, from a nutritionist perspective. Exactly. But they say everything you read is like three to five is good, where really nutritionists would probably like to double that. Right. You know, and, and make it heavier on the vegetables. Do you know what I mean? And that is something yeah. you sort of learn later, you know, and I think we haven't made a direct tie to health or to avoidance of disease and food as well, which I think we know, oh, it's healthy to eat three or five or eight vegetables, but what is that really doing for me? How am I avoiding diabetes or those kind of things? Right. And And then if you start talking about diet and nutrition with your friends, it's kind of like people don't really want to hear it. I mean, in general, they don't really Mm want to go and have our cake and eat it too. Seriously. We got to make more space for more vegetables. We we really do. I mean, my children think they're eating a vegetable because they put some lettuce on the hamburger, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Come on, guys. We need to do a little better than a piece of lettuce. So Bridget, you were at a regular annual physical when your doctor asked you to get the the bone density scan. So if your doctor had not suggested that, when do you think you would have gotten a bone density scan? I don't think I would have ever thought to get it. It doesn't sound like something that's like mammogram. Everybody knows you get a mammogram every year. In fact, when I mentioned to a lot of my women friends about my bone density, they're like, oh, when did you start getting it? So it's not like something that's really I don't know. You know what I mean? Actually, I you know, most of them did get one. They found out they were okay. And then I guess you don't worry about it again. Maybe. I've never oh, had one. I mean, I think I'm going to get one. And the next time I have a physical, I'm going to ask my doctor about it because it's never even been recommended to me. Right. And again, well, I'm, you know, very load bearing, but I still want to know. Yes. I well, think I, a good question. I don't think they generally ask until Well, I think after menopause, some doctors ask for it then. Some say age 60. It just depends on the doctor. But um, yeah, if we know, we can definitely ask. Right. Who or what inspires you to be your healthiest self? That is really a good question. And sometimes you don't even realize who it is because they're so right there in front of you all the time. You don't even recognize them. But I was actually out with my mother last weekend and someone else pointed out how good she looks and how Mm -hmm. amazing they think she gets around. And I was just like, wow, I don't mean to say that I take her for granted. I don't. But my mother is 83 years old and she makes sure she is walking every day. If I do a Fitbit challenge with her, I am going to lose. That's great. She's getting more steps in than most people, obviously, every day. And that and she also she likes to walk every day in the park. So she's getting outside every day. And she takes aerobics four times a week. Wow. That's inspiration. She's gonna do that as long as she I mean, I I do not look forward to the day where she cannot do that because that's something she's been doing forever. And she's in good health. And she's in good health and it's, you know, it's good. It's helping her. Sometimes you take that kind of stuff for granted. You don't even realize all the ways that kind of activity is helping you. And she is a wonderful role model to all of us. Oh, that's wonderful. And I think that that is also good for her mental health. Yes. Kind of getting out every day in the sunshine and fresh air, but also the aerobics. It might be also a little bit social. So she's keeping herself physically and mentally as healthy as she can be. So what are you going to do for your health tomorrow? 
oh, I'm, I'm actually meeting with my personal trainer in the morning. And oh, one of the things that I'm actually like, I got this new plan for drinking more water. And I, my new plan is like, aim for that top of the hour, drink eight ounces of water. How easy is that? Oh, I mean, really? Every hour, get an eight ounce glass and just down it at the beginning of every hour. I mean, right, right. So 12 glasses a day or 14 glasses a day? I mean, it's first off, I'm not going to do it every hour, right? Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But aim for it. Right. It leaves for room that to, to slip a little bit and still be doing better than I'm Pretty doing. Good. This was great, Bridget. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this. Well, I'm looking yes, forward to you. being a part of this and seeing the whole thing together. It's really very exciting, ladies. One of my big takeaways from this conversation with Bridget was how important it is to go to your doctor's appointments armed with a little bit of knowledge. If a certain test is prescribed for someone of your demographic or condition, ask for it, even if your doctor doesn't mention it. I also like that Bridget was so informed about her personal health and her diagnosis that she was able to determine which of her doctor's recommendations would most benefit her. Yes, and I also see in this conversation evidence of what we believe, which is the importance of talking to your friends, your trusted friends about your health and health care. I mean, I'm going to ask for a bone density scan the next time I get a physical. And I don't think I would have done that if I had not had this conversation with Bridget. And we've seen that so many times, right? Where one friend is talking to another friend about a condition that they have, and then that friend thinks, oh, well, maybe I should check that out too. And they get a test and learn something that is useful to their own health. So I guess that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, we gotta keep talking to each other. For resources related to today's topic, please see the show notes or visit our website, bodywealthsisters.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at bodywealthsisters and to listen next week when we will discuss conquering imposter syndrome with Janice Wardlaw. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode inspires you to increase your body wealth. If you like our show, please subscribe and tell a friend. The Body Wealth Podcast shares personal stories to inspire you. It does not constitute medical advice. For that, we encourage you to work with a trusted healthcare provider. We also want to remind you that the views expressed by our guests are their own. This podcast is dedicated to our mother, Jean Fernandez Barbour, who showed us what advocating for yourself really looks like.